Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> the National Football League Giants got themselves... I would say a pretty big game coming up on Saturday. Round three against the Philadelphia Eagles. Trip to the NFC Championship up for grabs. And one guy who's going to be there front and center taking it all in is our next guest. He is our good buddy. He has been with us every step of the way this year. He covers the Big Blue for ESPN. It's our pal, Jordan Renan. Jordan, first let me say to you, Happy New Year, because I can't remember the last time you and I chatted just because we haven't had shows. But how the heck are you, buddy? I'm doing all right, you know. I mean, season's going longer than expected. You know, we we got some we got some free games here at the end of the season. So usually, you know, Dan, like he's like the first of the year used to be like the end of the season. Oh, I know. But you always just a joke. It was just a joke. The Patriots reporter Mike Reese is the best. He would work until mid February every year, and the rest of most of the rest of us, you know, our our season ended at the you know the first of the year, and we got to take vacation while he's still working another six weeks. Well, you know what's cool about it, too? And I was I was going to bring this up later, but I might as well say it now because I have you and you brought it up. Like, with the extension of the NFL season, with the extra game, the extra playoff teams and whatnot, like, if you follow football, like, you've seen these things pop up the last couple of days, like, on this date in NFL history, so on and so forth. Remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. remember once upon a time, Jordan, that, like, when the Martin Luther King holiday rolled around, we already knew what the Super Bowl was. Like, that was always championship weekend. Now, we weren't even done with the first round of the playoffs. I actually think it's pretty good. Yeah, we're we're moving to the point, and I have a buddy who's been big on this. Like, we need to get uh, the Super Bowl onto presidents. Oh yeah. So this way, this way, you're finally off on Monday, so people could fully enjoy the Super Bowl Sunday. Like, it never made sense to him. Shout out, Brett, my boy, Brett. Uh, that you know, the Super Bowl was on Sunday, and then you got to go to work the next day. Like, it made more sense to have it on like a Saturday. This way, the rest of the world. You know, you can enjoy it and stay, especially when you have kids. Once you have kids, you realize. Oh, forget it. It's so it's so inconvenient. Five o'clock, six o'clock on Sunday. I mean, come on. Well, and the thing, I mean, we're moving in that direction, like you said, and you know it's only a matter of time before the 17-game yeah. season becomes 18, so tack on the extra week, well, and then we're going to be playing the Super Bowl President's Day weekend. Yeah, that's basically what they bargained last time. Like, we'll do 17 now, and we'll try it out. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, obviously we're getting to, we're getting to eighteen. That's where it's going. A lot of money and a lot of millions that are going to be in their pocket. That's why it's going there more than anything else. Um, all right, let let let's get into this game here. And look, I, I it's only been another day or so. You know, once they put the Minnesota game behind them, but I guess that's my first question to a man when you were out there today and talking to some of the guys. Do you think? that this team has put the Viking game behind them instead of just resting on their laurels, maybe too much of a celebration after winning that game and realizing, Hey, you know what? It only gets tougher from here on out because a lot of teams, they win a big game like that and they think that they won the Super Bowl, and then it affects them next time they step out on the field. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think, I'm not sure I heard any talk basically of that Viking game. That thing was in the past at this point. Uh, I think because this is a expedited week too, it kind of changes it then. So it's like things are moving quicker because today 
in Giants world, and I, like my schedule is all messed up. I, I, me, today's Wednesday already. Like tomorrow's, <laughs> right. thir- tomorrow's Thursday. Because they lose a day, and then preparation-wise, they're on a normal Wednesday already. So, yeah, you know what? I, I don't think, and maybe the schedule helps them on this, I don't think they're resting on their world. They, they're already focused on, wow, we know we have a big test. There's stars all over the field on this Eagles roster. Uh, we lost to them twice, and really the one game they played for real, they got spanked, right? Right. So, uh, I think they and I think they know fully what's ahead of them, and they're focusing right now on uh, Philadelphia and not Minnesota. And the head coach has a lot to do with that because even post game on Sunday, I, I mean, Dayball was just treating that thing as if they maybe won a preseason game. He, you know, he wasn't really yeah, any more right. I mean, he wasn't really any extra more animated the, or nothing. That's his. That's his act all year. Like that's how he operates. He does it all the time. He he plays. Uh, you know, okay, let's go concentrate on the next one. Steady, constant, you know, keep your composure. Then you watch him on the sideline, and he's like a raving lunatic. Right. Which, is, it's, which is kind of funny. But, no, I mean, the approach has worked. It's sort of the – I mean, think about where he comes from. He comes from the Bill Belichick tree. Yeah, I, I think people forget that. Like, that's where he spent the majority of his years. It's, uh, you know, onto Cincinnati kind of approach. Spent time you with know, Nick the, Saban, win, right, in Alabama, yeah, same win, thing. Win the day. Yeah, win the day. It's, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, it's, it's the same approach. They used to maybe use different terms and different phrases, but, uh, you know, keep the main thing the main thing is what he is, one of the things that he said today. And then that, and it's worked. It's certainly worked for this team, so I, I would not argue with it. Yeah, they, Robert Sala uses that a lot too, like keep the main thing the main thing. And then every day I feel like I have to like look inside myself and go soul searching, like looking for the main thing. It's like this deeply rooted like philosophical question in the universe, like what is the main thing? It's different for each and yeah. every one of us, right? I mean, it's like don't make me scratch my head so much. I'm, I'm here to talk football. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what are we doing? Well, that's why we, we have we have like a – there's like a back and forth battle between me and Brian Dayball because, you know, he's like – I'm worried about this game and this week. And I'm like, hey, Brian, uh, do you think Daniel Jones has proved <laughs> the doubters wrong? I mean, that's literally what happened today. You know? And I'm always thinking big picture. And he's always like, I'm worried about this meaningless game against the Eagles in week 18. And I'm like, hey, you think you're, you know, you're, your program made a huge step in year one by making the playoffs? How big is that for the future of this team? And he just doesn't answer it. He's, he's, he's staying in character and give him credit for that. It's worked for him all year. We're talking with Jordan Renan of ESPN, of course, covers the Giants for us here at 98.7 ESPN. All right, I'll ask you that question. You brought up Daniel Jones. Obviously played the game of his life on Sunday. Super impressive career season for him at the most opportune time because he's going to cash in. I'll, I'll ask it this oh, yeah. way. If How responsible is Daniel Jones' season, the coaching staff? Oof. Yeah, this is a really tough one because I don't think they're mutually exclusive to mm-hmm. two things. Like, they both can be true, right? It can be true that Daniel Jones has played great, but that Brian Dable is also greatly responsible for it. Uh, and I think you have to give him a lot of credit because I think it's been there. Like, you, we've seen enough flashes throughout the years that you're like, okay, he can be good. Look at his skill set. He has this whole look. He can make every throw. He has this athleticism. I think Brian Dable just so happened to get the most out of him. And it's funny you ask because I actually sent a text yesterday to a buddy of mine who's an executive with another team, mm-hmm. and I said, and he has never, he hasn't been a huge Daniel Jones guy. So I said to him, and I was curious. I was like, "Hey, 
you finally come around at all on um, Daniel Jones as he's legit. And his, he sent a one-word response, and it was Dable. That's wow. It. So there is, that impre- there is that impression. You know, there are people that think that. And I spoke to someone else today, another scout for another team, and I asked him, hey, what, what, what's your perception of Daniel at this point? And his was like, essentially, Dable's getting the absolute most. Like, he's good, but Dable's getting the most out of him. We're finally seeing what was in there the whole time. And I think that's true. I really do. Well, I'll tell you what, and the other thing, too, is, and I brought this up a little bit earlier in the show, look up in Buffalo. Has Josh Allen had the MVP season that so many people forecasted and thought he was capable of? No. You know, and not to say that he's a bum, because that's not any case at all, but, yeah, you know, he's, he's played some good. right. He's played some sloppy games yeah. this year, and I wonder how much he misses Brian Dable. It's a fair question. I mean, uh, Brian Dable was a big part of that there, of building that and helping Josh Allen when he was going through tough times. And I think they're just really good at the we see it with the Giants at being efficient and drawing up the right play at the right time and working off the plays that they've already called. I think that is one of the strengths of this team and that when you speak to people from other teams also. That's why he you know, that one executive said Dable. Like they just think that there's a rhyme and a reason to everything that they call play wise. And like you saw Daniel Bellinger, I mean they just drew up the perfect play at the perfect time. Daniel Bellinger's running wide open. Like, I mean, you could have made that throw basically, Dan. Like, that's how well it was drawn up uh, in that game against Minnesota. So, uh, certainly, I'm sure the Buffalo Bills would love to have Brian Dable right now. And there's a big reason why the Giants are sitting here. And think of this, Dan. This is unbelievable. Two wins from the Super Bowl. <laughs> You're right about that. <laughs> Imagine I met. Imagine I mentioned that to you at the beginning of the year. First of all, I would have laughed saying that. If you I would have absolutely just laughed. If you would have told me before the season or asked me before the season, what would be the more likely scenario for this giant team? First year with a new system, new coach, you know, not high on talent. Two wins from the Super Bowl or two wins, period? I probably would have said two wins, period. Yeah, I don't think I probably would argue with that either. I, it's, 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 it's hard because, I mean, this team is not overly talented, even when you look at it right now. And I think the more I start thinking about this, it makes it a lot more difficult in this game. Like, yeah, Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton and Richie James have evolved and become better. But, like, when we look at them, I'm looking at the matchups for Sunday, and you're like, it's Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton, and they're matched up against Darius Slay and James Bradbury. I mean, it's just that's, yeah. that's not a great matchup for you, right? I mean, it's going to be hard. To, it's hard to win consistently when that's your matchup. So, uh, but that's what this team is dealing with and they've won with it so far. And it's pretty unbelievable. Uh, but now they're playing a team that we know is uh, significantly more talented, which would be even that much more impressive if they pulled off the upset. Yeah. And I've been trying to tell giant fans, there were some already that are drinking the Kool-Aid after the game on Sunday. And I said, well, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. Look, I think the giants will play well. I think they got a shot, but everybody who expects them just walk down there and, and have almost the same results as you saw against the Vikings. I mean, this Eagles team is a huge upgrade for Minnesota and, you know, hopefully the giant fans close. don't find out the hard way because this is a good team. Let me ask you this one too. Another guy whose name has been brought up in the conversation over the last couple of days, how much of a redemption tour has this been for one Dave Gettleman, given the fact that a lot of this roster is his and the guys who are contributing to victories are guys that once upon a time he brought into this organization? Uh, I mean, he already did a victory lap in the New York Post, but, I mean, come on. We really gonna, 
revisit that. I mean, he was had the one of the worst tenures in NFL history. Uh, I, I just I can't go there and want to crown this guy. I think, was that you the other day that was on the air wanting to give him a ring? I was joking around about that. Yeah, was that you? I almost. I almost no, I didn't say we got – I think I was joking around. He ain't getting I, a ring. No, I, of I know. Not. I'm kidding. I'm no, kidding. I said he I should get kidding. his own float, kidding. Jordan, at the parade down the Canyon yes, Heroes. Yes, you did. You yeah. did. You joked about the ring before that. Yes. You did, actually. Yes. Now I think. But, yes, that was – but I'm just saying, no. Look, some of his picks certainly have worked out here. Uh, the Dexter Lawrence one actually turned out to probably be the best pick. Uh, the thing is, he was, he was here for, for three years, and they couldn't get any – they couldn't get this out of him. They were using him wrong, so – it's hard for me to sit here and be like, great job, Dave. Uh, he was handed a lot of really high picks. He drafted a running back, who, you know, number two overall. I know he's a really good player, but is, are we going to say that's a great pick? Mm. Not number two overall. You can't. You can't. <laughs> yeah. And as much as I like Daniel Jones, and I think he's a good quarterback, uh, we still need to see more if he's going to become like a star quarterback. So he drafted a good quarterback at number six. I mean, I'm not I'm, – I, I just can't get there, Dan. I can't. I don't blame you. But but, but he, he gave them some good players early in the draft. Uh, that we can say. And Brian Dable has done a tremendous job of getting the most out of this roster right now. Let, let me ask you about Jones again because I, obviously this is, that's the key cog right now. And maybe this is a discussion okay. for when the season is over, whenever the season is over, and they get down to the bargain. You're talking to Mr. Big Picture, Dan. That's Well, you got to go big picture here. How much so, do you think my wheelhouse. what we talked about a few minutes ago about Daniel Jones and how much credit the coaching staff should receive for the way he's played this year, how much do you think the Giants are going to hold that against Daniel Jones when it comes to trying to work out a new contract? I don't think it really matters because here's the bottom line. When you, these things are negotiated, you want to keep him. That's the question. So you want to keep my guy. I'm, I'm Daniel Jones. Yeah. Agent, right? Hey, Giants, you want to keep my guy? Of course we want to keep your guy, right? We want, you know, he, look how well he played as our quarterback this year. Well, you either give him more than you know, $30 million because that's, if you want him, you, you, know, we give, you, you just say, well, if you want to keep me, Give me the fran- – put the franchise tag on That's $30 million guaranteed right there. Okay? So that's how you, they negotiate. That's the starting point. And then, hey, fine. You want to keep him for two years and have that – and that the price is that plus, what, 20% if you franchise him again. So that's, what, 36. So, hey, there's a starting point. Uh, $66 million guaranteed mm-hmm. for the first two, over the first two years. That's, like, basically the floor of the deal. So that's $33 million. So, I, you know, like that's where it's going to end up. It's going to end up probably north there. You know, let's say $35 million. Maybe even inch close to 40 I know people are like, oh, $40 million. I get it. That sounds like a huge number, and it is in the world we live in. But the top quarterbacks are what, close to 50 Hey, Kirk Cousins and, played that game next, for how long? Yeah, and by how and, – and then by next year, like when Lamar signs was to be over 50 and then by the year after that, it'll be up to 60. So Daniel Jones will be at 35 or 40 by, all, by the time this is said and done, in my opinion. Hey, wise man once said, yesterday's price ain't today's price. So, I mean, that's, you know, it just keeps True. going up and up and up here. Um, Ojolari couldn't finish the game on Sunday, limited today as far as their designation with the walkthrough and everything. What's his availability going to be like, you think, on Saturday? 
I heard he has a chance to play this week, which I think is a positive. Uh, but when I hear that and the way that's phrased, I'm also thinking, you know what? It's probably best if they use him in a limited role, right? Maybe as a situational type pass rusher. You know, Jahad Ward has played a lot this year. He's probably the better run stuffer anyway. It's a run heavy team. Uh, so I think the, the odds are that you might be able to get him back, but if even if it is, it's probably in a somewhat limited role. And he just, it's been a rough year for him, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I almost feel for, he hurt one calf. He hurt the other calf. He hurt his ankle. Now he hurt his quad. I mean, these are all just like random tweaky little, you know, tweaks. Uh, it's just, it's, it's going to be hard for me to expect too much out of Aziz Ojolari this week in this game. Is Kenny Galladay, like we were talking about with the price keeps going up, is Kenny Galladay now setting the new market for blocking wide receivers across the NFL? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, I mean that Kenny Galladay actually snuck on the field. I think it was for like four snaps in the game. And He was uh, leveling yeah, dudes, was, Jordan. Was he was block. leveling yeah. dudes. It was a great block. If you watch the whole play, it's kind of funny because the guy slipped and he was on the ground, and he got up, and then he got plastered again by Galladay. Uh, it's, it's, look, they still don't want to use him. They still don't really want to play him. Maybe he comes in occasionally to block. I give him credit. He's uh, been a good a good teammate, and he hasn't really uh, complained or popped off, and the guys in the locker room love him. Uh, and uh, he's handled it for guys who at one point this season was like, <laughs> he was not happy, obviously, right. with his role. He said, I, I, there's never been a point in my life where I haven't been basically one of the best players in place. And for a guy that's for the you know first time in your life to have that happen to you, uh, he could have made a big deal and a big stink here, and he didn't. And so I give him a lot of credit for that. And when they put him in, he's done what they've asked of him. He obviously caught the big touchdown the week before and had a nice block there, so... Uh, getting something out of Kenny Galladay is nice for $18 million a year. Do we know the answer to the question yet? You know, the uh, the, the who's who, who's going to be starting at uh, linebacker this week? I mean, the Jared Davis thing to me, you talk about like the most unlikely guys that have found their way, not only just on this roster, but now with significant playing time. I mean, Jared Davis, some fans may not even remember, was a Jet last year, was supposed to be a starting linebacker. For like a got, minute, yeah. Yeah, for, then he got hurt in training camp. They tried to bring him back. Couldn't stay on the field, got hurt again. I mean, this is a guy who's bounced around, ended up on the Lions practice squad this year, and that's where the Giants found them. And now he's sitting there playing meaningful snaps. I mean, you talk about Wink Martindale using with what he has at his disposal. This is why the coaching staff gets so much credit for guys like Jared Davis, for guys like Landon Collins, for guys like Isaiah Hodges. And, and, you know, also, God, the Giants pro player personnel department, led by Chris Rossetti, I mean, got to give them a ton of no credit. Doubt. They have done an amazing job of filling in the roster. And let me tell you, though, Dan, here's the big thing about it, and this is why I think it works. Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge were on different planets, right? I mean, they weren't even – forget the same page. They were in different universes. That's how diametrically opposed the two of them were. Now you're talking about Joe Shane and Brian Dable. Like, Joe Shane knows the kind of players that Brian Dable wants and that they, that they can get the most out of and use, and you're seeing that with the personnel. And that's why you get players like Jared Davis and Landon Collins and all these other guys that, you know, Isaiah Hodgins and on and on and on and on. But Lawrence Cager, like, they're able to recognize the players that work in the schemes and the, the, the 
game plans that, that these Giants coaches are going to use. And that is one of the biggest keys to this organization's success so far. Jason Pinnock, Lawrence Cager, Jared Davis, all former Jets getting yeah. a shot with the Giants. It's crazy. Uh, so I got to know before I say goodbye, what is the pregame on Saturday? Philadelphia, are we hitting up your favorite cheesesteak place? What are we doing before game time? What is the Jordan Renan pregame Saturday looking like? Yeah, I don't really have a plan because it's such a weird schedule. We got a, you know, the night game on a Saturday, but I think I am going to drive in there in the afternoon. I have tried to. Uh, this is the 15th straight year I've gone with the uh, New Year's resolution of I'm going to eat healthier and lose weight. So uh, I'm probably going to avoid the cheesesteak. Get out of here! Uh, you mean we're two weeks yeah. into January and this is still a thing? I mean, I told my I, I ate a couple of the cookies at uh, the Giants today for sure, and told myself, well, you know what? I'll, I'll after the season's over, I'll start exactly. I'll be again. These are the kind of things you tell your head. So I don't know. <laughs> As of right now, I'm saying that we'll see what happens on Saturday afternoon. Uh, you know, I could be sitting at gyms. It's possible. Yeah. It's not out of the question. Resolutions are made to be broken, as a wise man once said. I don't know who that man was, but I it was said somewhere along the way. Uh, always appreciate yeah, catching up, it. buddy. As always, enjoy that trip down to Philly. Eat well, and uh, we'll do it again real soon, but enjoy the game. Do you have a favorite cheesesteak? I don't. A there. spot, you mean, down there? No. no, I am an equal opportunity offender, if you know what I mean. Okay. No, I get it. I get it. I lived there for 12 years, so I should. I, I, I yeah, you I, got the inside I, I'm track. Pretty, I'm pretty well versed. Yeah, yeah you got well-versed. you got the ins and All outs. Right, man. Be good, Jordan. There's I'll our buddy right. Jordan Renan talking cheesesteaks, talking Giants. Going to be tough. You know, we kind of said that earlier in the show. It's going to be tough. You know, this is a step up from the Minnesota Vikings. It's a step up from going to play in uh, the Skull Dome or whatever the hell they call it, U.S. Bank Stadium in Minnesota. This will be a challenge. Is it impossible? No. But Giants are going to have to play even better than they did in Minnesota. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. We'll get some calls. Got to get into the Brady stuff. Also, we'll do a little Knicks before we say goodbye at 10 o'clock and turn things over to Larry and Gordon. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
loved the playmaking splash shifted the tempo another great cocktail from the hypnotic team every season is hypnotic and tequila season hypnotic liqueur bardstown kentucky 17 percent alcohol by volume hypnotic reminds you to think wisely drink wisely the eastern canadian road trip western canadian road trip california road trip and the year's not over yet how good was that win by the way Yesterday, oh, can I be honest with you? I didn't even see it live. <laughs> no, because what happened, because I was messed up yesterday, because I did the show, I was up way early. I was up late the night before, like with the, the football and everything. I had to wake up real early on Monday to do some stuff. And then I did the show with Mike. And so finished that, sat on the couch, and I was watching. I had the Knicks on, and I had the Devils on, because they were playing in the afternoon. By the way, Martin Luther King Day has become like one of the best days with, for sports now, especially with like the, the football game. At night, it's tremendous. You got everything. You got basketball. You got hockey. You got college. Great. The Purdue-Michigan State game yesterday was freaking the best game that you had at all, period. Amazing game. So I had the hockey on and I had the Knicks on. Third period of the Devil game, I doze off. I was gone. And they were losing at that point. What was it? They were down 3-2, right, in the third period? They were down 3-2 and 10 seconds left. I, They said, I believe they saw on the broadcast, Andre Palat tipped in Jack Hughes' effort. And then they go to the skills competition and they win. And then they win. And I woke up. I can't remember if I woke up and they had won the game or I woke up and it was in overtime already or something like whatever. But I missed it. Like, I missed the fact that. No, I think I might have missed even the um, the overtime winner, too. Dude, I was out. It's one of those, like, you don't even remember, like, where you were. Like, but you're just like, you're out. And it, it's only maybe for, like, 20 minutes or something. You know, those are, like, some of the best naps you could have. When you just don't even know what day it is, what time it is. But that was me yesterday. And make a long story short, yeah, I, I, I missed all the drama. And I didn't even bother to rewind it either. Even though I had the DVR, just just, just let it play out. You know, it's not going to affect what happened. I can't change history. It's in the past. It's done. Um, so Tom Brady last night, and that was an ugly game. It really and truly was. Congrats to the Cowboy fans. You know, I got a lot of buddies that are Cowboy fans. You know, Ray Santiago, of course, our dear friend. But... I guess they eventually had to win a game on the road in the playoffs, right? It had been 30 years since the NFC Championship game in 92. They were showing clips of it and whatnot during the game. Brady had never lost to the Cowboys in his career until last night. And how many Jet fans were watching that game? And every time they showed Todd Bowles on the sidelines with that, like, just that stare and that look while Rome was burning on the field, you look to the sidelines and you just see the head coach just kind of like with this bewildered look on his face like he can't do anything. He's He's helpless to stop it from happening. And unfortunately, you saw that one too many times during his years with the Jets. And, and it stinks for – because, look, I, I like Todd a lot. You know, got him to know him a little bit when he was here. I, real good guy. But the dude is like snake bit now as a coach, right? I mean, he he kind of reclaims his, his status, if you will, by going to Tampa Bay as a defensive coordinator wins a Super Bowl. Right? Defense was really good. Hey, here's Todd Bowles again, respected coach. Bruce Arians walks away. Todd gets a shot to be the head coach. Tom Brady's his quarterback. Not Bryce Petty, not Josh McCown, not one of these other guys. And they have a losing season, still win the division, and then they're one and done in the playoffs. And they have just an awful performance on the big stage. And you're just like, is it ever going to work for this guy as a head coach? I mean, some guys, and look, there's no shame. There is a laundry list of coaches, real good coaches, you know, that have Super Bowl rings as coordinators, as assistants that are well-respected, but they just, you know, they never panned out as head coaches for whatever reason. You know, North Turner was one of those guys. 
You know, won Super Bowls with the Cowboys as 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 close a confidant to Troy Aikman in his career that, you know, Troy Aikman talks about North Turner like he walks on water. But as a head coach, he just never could get over the hump. And maybe that's going to be the same case with Todd Bowles. But all the questions were about Brady. And, you know, the cameras were following him off the field. He didn't really do one of those like, hey, stop and take it all in. Stop and look around a little, and you know, in case this is my last time. His parents were there as he was walking off the field. He kind of, you know, stopped and, you know, said goodbye to them. But nothing reflective. You didn't notice anything odd. And then in the post game, of course, he had to answer the questions. And he asked first and foremost, what went wrong? They played pretty good. You know, they played good defensively and put a lot of pressure on us, and we just couldn't make enough plays. So it was kind of typical the way we played all year, just inefficient in the passing game and not very good in the run game. So, you know, it's hard to be good teams like that. And, Tom, what, what about your future? What are you going to do? This has been a lot of focus on this game. So, yeah, it's just be one day at a time, truly. And then at the end, you know, it wasn't prodded or anything like that, but he decided to give a big thank you to the assembled media there that have covered the team all season long. But if you kind of listen to it, you couldn't help but think that he was almost kind of maybe saying goodbye to, at the very least, Tampa. I just want to say thank you guys for everything this year. I really appreciate all your effort. And you guys got a tough job. And I appreciate all that you guys do to cover us and everyone who watches and is a big fan of the sport. We're very grateful for everyone's support. And, um, you know, hopefully um, – I love this organization. It's a great place to be, and thank you, everybody, for welcoming me. All you regulars, just very grateful for the respect, and I and, uh, hope I gave the same thing back to you guys. So thank you very much. Appreciate hey, it. I'm not a mind reader, right? Nobody knows exactly for sure what the hell Tom Brady's going to do, but I know this. That didn't sound like a guy to me that's going to be back next year. You know, it was just a week ago where I was in Florham Park when the Jets were saying their goodbyes at the end of the season on baggy day, and a lot of them that were talking to the media, just like Tom Brady was, ones that were going to be on the team next year, they weren't saying farewells that followed that same script Tom Brady did. So, look, I don't know if he's done, done, done. Part of me thinks that, like, he still will come back to play. I just don't think it's going to be with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think he's done for a lot of reasons. Right now, I mean, shoot. Even with him, they weren't a good football team this year. And in a lot of cases, like, a quarterback could cover up whatever ails a team, especially an all-time great like him. And in the past, maybe even, you know, last couple of years, like, he was that safety valve. But now you have a different coach. Personnel wasn't the same. Injuries to the offensive line really crippled them, no pun intended. They got Ryan Jensen back yesterday. Like, me and Tannenbaum were talking about it during the day, the center, and that was going to be a big help. But when he missed the entire season... And then your first dress rehearsal is the most important play, the most important game you're going to play all year. It's tough to just like snap back into it. And I don't think that he played his best game. So you know the usual suspects. This whole thing, like I can't get past the fact that if Derek Carr is automatically expendable now by the Las Vegas Raiders and Josh McDaniels is the head coach, why can I completely not rule out the fact that Brady's going to find his way out to Vegas because he loves Josh McDaniels and vice versa? You know, you got Devontae Adams there. You got Darren Waller there. If they could sign Josh Jacobs, you got Josh Jacobs. So there are pieces to work with. Tom Brady's not signing with the worst team in the league. You know, he's not signing with the Houston Texans, you know, to help a rebuild at 58 years of age or however old he is, right? 
He's going to go someplace where he could win, where he could be successful and do his thing and be in a situation where he's got a coaching staff that he respects and he works well with. So Vegas checks a box. Let's not forget what happened last offseason. When we found this whole scheme, after the fact, of course, that apparently he had cooked up with Stephen Ross down in Miami. That Sean Payton was going to be the coach. Tom Brady was going to be the quarterback. Tom Brady was going to get a piece of the ownership and all these other things. And, you know, he was going to start an empire down there in Miami like Scarface. Not like Scarface in terms of that business. I'm not trying to insinuate that, you know, Brady was going to get into narcotics or anything. By God, never. Although, I don't know, Harvey, was the narcotics in, like, the bonus edition of the TB12 method? Maybe that was, like, the you had to sign up to be part of the, the fan club or something to get that book. Narcotics? Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, it's a bit extreme. I'm not sure. Sh- where yeah. would the TB12 method fit in with that one? <laughs> <laughs> now people are going to run with this thinking I'm actually serious. Stop. So, I mean, Miami, right? I mean, well, it's not going to be Miami now. But if he had that as something that he was conjuring up last year, then why is the Raiders so far-fetched? I I just, I can't go all in on the New England possibility. Like, a lot of people think that he could find his way back there. I I, I don't see it. I think that ship has sailed. It's done. I'll tell you what else I can't see happening. The people that think that maybe the Jets, that's not going to happen. They're not going to go down that road. You know, because they think the motivation would be that Brady would want to stick it to Belichick twice a year and stick it to the Patriots, and that's why he would want to go to the Jets because, hey, he was going to go to Miami last year where he would have played New England. You know, Favre wanted to go to Minnesota so he could stick it to Green Bay. I don't know what Brady's motives are. Like, maybe he just wants to play. But the thing about Tom is, you know – and, and, and I, I'm not there. You're not there. None of us knows what exactly went down or what was going to go down. But Giselle and he split up. And we're led to believe that some of it had to do with the fact that he still wanted to play football. She didn't want him to play football anymore. She wanted him to be home. You know, they wanted to sit on the couch at night and eat avocado ice cream and watch Netflix and all these other things. But he wanted to play football. And she was like, all right, fine, I'm done. I'm going to Costa Rica. I'll see you later. Taking the kids. So if he lost the family already, why wouldn't he just continue playing? Right? It's not like I don't think him walking off the field now is going to do anything to mend that relationship. It seems like that ship has sailed. So, yeah, I think he's still going to play. And, look, you watch the games. I watch the games. He could still do it. I mean, think about how how much bad quarterback play there is around the National Football League right now. He's certainly more than capable. But he's just got to find that right fit. Now, the other guy, we don't know what his intentions are, Aaron Rodgers. Right? He kind of walked off the field when Green Bay lost in the season finale and left the door open. Remember, one of the players came over and asked him if they could have his jersey, and he's like, no, I'm going to hang on to this one. Him and uh, Randall Cobb walking off the field arm in arm, kind of taking one last look together in the tunnel kind of like a poignant moment perhaps. And it's not like Aaron Rodgers hasn't flirted with walking away or retiring or playing for another team and that sort of stuff. So I think that they just have to play this game again if you're the Packers. But Rodgers was on the McAfee show today, and he was asked about, you know, what are his intentions? Do I still think I can play? Of course. Of course. Can I play at a high level? Yeah. The highest. I think I can win MVP again in the right situation. 
Um, right situation? Is that Green Bay or is that somewhere else? I'm not sure. Um, but I don't think you should shut down any you know opportunity. Like I said during the season, it's got to be you know both uh, both sides uh, you know like actually wanting you know to work together moving forward. And uh, I think there's you know more conversations to be had. See, I'll, I'll, I'll give Aaron Rodgers this. I admire the fact that he's honest because he answered his own question, and it was the question that I would have asked. I think I could still win the MVP in the right situation. Then my question is, okay, is the right situation Green Bay? He then answered that question himself. And that's something that's going to have to be determined by the organization in the front office as to what's going to give him the best chance. I still think Aaron Rodgers could play. Now, look, he took a little bit of a step back this year. That's a given. But I still think he could be effective. Would he come to the Jets? What would it take to get Aaron Rodgers from Green Bay? And if you're a Jet fan, would you really want to go down that road? See, any any like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady thing, it, it would kind of almost be like playing the Brett Favre game all over again. Right? The shotgun wedding which might only be a year, you really haven't answered anything long-term. I mean, think, like when Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay, he still gave them at least three years, and he won them a Super Bowl, and they went to the playoffs all three years. So that's like mission accomplished. And if you can tell me that Tom Brady's going to come here, or Aaron Rodgers is going to come here, and they're going to win a Super Bowl in year one, and then they could ride off into the sunset, be my guess. But, I mean, what are the likelihoods of all these things happening? I'm not so sure. In a perfect world, you would love to have a long-term solution that you know is going to be here at least when I say long-term. Like, what's long-term in the NFL? What, five years? If you can find that solution instead of just having to go all in on the hired gun for one or two years, that would be ideal. I just don't know if it's possible. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. We'll get some calls in here. Plus, talk a little Knicks as we roll on until the top of the hour. It's Dan Grosser Show, 98.7 ESPN. Bing bong. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. 
Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Barton Hahn and the Michael K. Show through February the 3rd. It's all brought to you by Bartesian Premium Home Cocktail Makers, Slomans, Resorts World, Bimini in the Bahamas, PC Richard & Son, Grand Marnier, an award-winning blend of fine cognac and orange liqueur, and 98.7 ESPN New York. And for full contest details, go to ESPNNewYork.com. Dan Grasso with you till the top of the hour. We'll hand things off to Larry and Gordon then. Uh, according to the odds makers. Um, here are the odds right now for who the Jet quarterback will be week one next year. Leader in the clubhouse is Derek Carr, plus 275. Jimmy G at plus 375. Then Mike White, Mike F. and White, plus 500. Lamar Jackson at plus 575. Aaron Rodgers, plus 600. Zach Wilson, plus 900. Then you have three college quarterbacks, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Will Levis, then Tom Brady at plus 2,200. So a lot of times these odds makers, they know something. So the chances of basically Tom Brady becoming a Jet are kind of next to nothing, as they say. Let's say hi to Jimmy in Long Island up next here on 98.7. Jim, how are you? Hey, what's up, Dan? Hey, Jim. What's going on? Hey, I just, you know, big time giant fan. I just wanted to call up and say how much, you know, what kind of what kind of great job the coaching staff has done this year. Hundred percent. So, I mean, you know, I, I don't I don't know if the Giants are in this position if they don't have a coaching staff that did as good a job. Forget about just you know, bringing in a new identity and bringing in a new philosophy, but more important, knowing what you have to work with and getting the most out of them. To me, that is where this group should be praised more than anything else, is identifying the talent that you have and how can we put them in position to be successful. That's where they get their high marks. Yeah, and again, putting Dable and Kafka and Martin and Wink aside, you know, other than them, you have the wide receiving coach who's basically playing with nothing. Um, and also, Joe Shane, right? This guy sees guys off, bringing guys off of, of a practice squad mm-hmm. and signing them. And they're, they're, they're playing well in the playoffs. You're right about that. And, and, and not only that, and, and Jim, I'll tell you something. Thanks for the phone call. Not to throw cold water on what Joe Shane has done. You know, the problem with Joe Shane, though, is it's a very, very, very small sample size. You know, the majority of what Joe Shane has done as far as putting his stamp on this Giants team is last year's draft. You know, because the Giants weren't very active in free agency because his predecessor left him with no salary cap space. So there wasn't a lot he could do. Remember right before the – you know, I, I always go back and I remember. I don't remember if it was like the first week of September, maybe. You know, like 
Camp was over. Season was about to start. That, like, kind of two weeks in between, which you have now with the NFL calendar. Joe Shane and Brian Dayball did a joint press conference. They stood up there, and Shane was the one who did the majority of the talking. He basically, I don't want to say that he was making excuses, because that's not what he was doing. He was just telling it like it is. And it was refreshing to actually hear an executive be as candid as he was, especially one who had just been on the job for a few months. And he came right out and said, hey, look, I'm not telling tales out of school. We didn't have a lot of salary cap space to work with this year. You know, temper your expectations. But next offseason is when you're going to really start to see this roster take shape because we're going to have more flexibility. We're going to have more salary cap room and so on and so forth. So, yeah, they've done a good job up until now, but I want to see what he does next offseason because that's when he's going to have money to work with. He could be a little bit more creative, be a little bit more flexible. Then you're maybe going to start to – look, by the time you get to the year number two, you're going to have more Joe Shane players on this roster. And then really probably once you get to that – I mean, look at what's happening over in Florham Park. right? Joe Douglas, he took over when the offseason was over after 2019 – or excuse me, after um, 2018 going into 2019 – so that 2019 club was kind of Mike McCagnin still. Joe Douglas had 2020, 2021 is a full offseason, and then 2022. It took him about three full cycles to really bring in the type of players that he wants to bring in, and you started to see the talent base grow in this organization. So Joe Shane has only had one. So it's probably going to take at least a couple of years before this roster is fully a product of the vision of Joe Shane and Brian Dable. Richard in Manhattan is up next here on 9870 ESPN. Richard, how are you? How are you, Dan? Dan, Excellent. I love Daniel Jones. You love Daniel Jones. He's, He's great, got a great to name. watch. What's that? He's got a great name. Right. We love watching him play. Yeah. But let's think realistically. There's never been an NFL quarterback that won a Super Bowl playing like Daniel Jones is now. You can And long term, there is no way a quarterback can run the ball seven to ten times a game and still live and play the next game. There's no way. So he's going to have to change the game, his game. I mean, it's exciting now. He's got to do whatever it takes. If it takes him to run the ball eight times against Philadelphia, he's going to have to do it. If he has to gain 60 to 90 yards against Philadelphia on the ground, he will do it. It's just these games are so important, it matters. But long-term, and when the Giants sign him to a contract in the offseason, mm-hmm. these considerations are going to have to be made. It's never happened to running quarterback winning the Super Bowl. And for a guy like Jones, a big target like he is, I mean, you had a guy like Roethlisberger. Now, he got hit a lot, and that was a little different because he was in the pocket and he was getting hit. And, you know, they all count the same, whether you get hit in the pocket or you get hit running the ball. But still, these hits, no, nobody can withstand the NFL hits that these guys take. And uh, he's going to have to change his game. I just wonder what, what's going to happen with the Giants in the negotiations or what Jones will do to adapt his game. To be, you know, He's going to have to become more of a pure passer, drop back passer in the pocket, more presence in the pocket, and try to escape the rush, and, you know, like Roethlisberger. He's a big, strong guy, so he'll be able to hang in there but designated runs or designed runs, 
I can't see it to do it throughout a whole career. I, what do you think? I, I mean, that's my opinion. Well, Richard, you're I love it, too, and I love the way he's playing. So, take not, I mean, for the fan, it's great watching it. Yeah. But long-term, you got to go on the history. I don't remember. There's never been a quarterback. No, you're right. And you know why you're right about that? Because, because you're spot on. And I thank you for the phone call because the game has evolved, right? As we've seen, you know, this game open up offensively, and we've started to see concepts really that are incorporated from Saturday in college football brought over into the NFL, you know, you started to see those spread formations. I would say, you know, within the last 15 years, start to slowly be integrated into the NFL. And now you've started to see even more college concepts with the way offenses are run, the quarterback position is played, you know, the design runs, as you said, the RPOs, the zone reads, all those things. Those were really typical of what you saw from college quarterbacks. And those type of quarterbacks, remember, for the longest time, those guys were branded as quarterbacks that couldn't succeed in the NFL because the NFL does not play quarterback or the NFL does not run offense the way they run it in college. How many, you know, if that's the case, think of how many guys who won Heisman trophies as dual threat quarterbacks decades upon decades ago that never even sniffed the NFL or when they came to the NFL, they tried to they tried them out at positions other than quarterback because their way of playing QB would not work. So, yeah, this has become more the norm where you have guys like Daniel Jones, Josh Allen. I'm talking about big quarterbacks. You know, you have other guys that can, you know, Jalen Hurts, the guy they're going to see tomorrow in Philadelphia or Saturday in Philadelphia. He plays the game the same way, but he's not as big as Daniel Jones is. And he already has a shoulder injury that he's nursing. So you have to be a little bit more careful if you're a play caller, if you're a head coach, because you don't want to leave your quarterback out to dry because he doesn't do you any good on the sidelines. But Daniel Jones is a big, sturdy dude, same like Josh Allen. Now, 17 runs, like you saw in that game on Sunday in Minnesota? Yeah, that's a lot. Daniel Jones only ran the ball four times against the Vikings on Christmas Eve. Big difference from 17. Now, that might not be the way that they think they're going to attack the Eagles on Sunday or Saturday night. We'll find out. But you know that you have that as an option in your playbook, which... I think makes things easier if I'm a play caller. All right, we didn't get to the Knicks, but we'll get to that another night. No game for them. They're back at it against Washington tomorrow. Hopefully they practice their free throws today so they're not in the same situation that they've been way too many times over the last couple of weeks. That'll do it for us. Hey, this was fun, this whole doing the show thing. Maybe we should do it more often. Thanks to Jordan Renan. Thanks to Harvey. Thanks to Chantel. Thanks to everybody. Dan Gross is saying so long. We'll talk to you soon. Gordon and Larry next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN.